All right, what's going on, everybody? Doing a new thing, kind of like what I used to do, but a little bit different now. Added on some of the doodiddles. Just going to make sure I'm coming through, everybody. Okay, I'm coming through okay. Hey, man, want to talk to you today about Brian Houston, about his cowardice and the rugby player who stood up to the LGBT community and preached with boldness. So today's talk is called Houston, We Have a Problem. Houston, We Have a Problem, referring to Brian Houston and how I have a problem with his cowardice. Well, let's get right into it and let's look at what happened here. Just a few days ago, a rugby player known as Izzy, short for uh, Israel, he put up this post on his Instagram. It said, warning, drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, idolaters, hell awaits you, repent, only Jesus saves. He put up that picture, and then, as you can now see, he had a portion next to it here that he wrote to describe his heart behind putting up that picture. Just a few days ago, Christian rugby player puts up a post that is warning those who live a certain lifestyle that hell awaits them. Now let's read what he put here on the Instagram post. He said, those that are living in sin will end up in hell unless you repent. Jesus Christ loves you and is giving you time to turn away from your sin and come to him. Is there any problem with what he just said? Now, you might not have said it this way as a Christian. You may not have put it that boldly, but is the stance wrong and is the boldness wrong? Is he coming across judgmental in a bad way when he clarifies on his post? Is he saying something that we should not say or is he saying exactly what the Bible says? Now let's look at the verse that he puts underneath this post. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, revelings, such and such of the like, which I told you before, as I have also told you, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So friends, I want to ask you a question. Did this man, Izzy, do what is right by putting up this Instagram post and then making sure he clarified in the post these comments? Did he do what's right? My friends, absolutely 100% he did what's right. Now, what do we expect to happen when someone does something like this as a Christian that has this much clout? In the world of rugby, I guess he's amazing. He's awesome. He had a large contract worth $4 million with the team he played with. So he's using his influence to preach the gospel. Now, would everybody necessarily preach it that same way? No. But should we preach that kind of message in a way that gets the point across. Yes, what I'm saying is, should we warn people about hell? You may not put it in this exact terminology, but is it good to warn people about hell? Let's take, for example, if you would have just taken the passage of Galatians and simply would have said, beware, 
Those who practice, and then list all of these sins here in Galatians, those who practice heresy, sedition, drunkenness, murder, strife, wrath, those who practice these things, beware, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, that would have been even more precise to the language of the Bible, but can you fault the man for saying, warning, hell awaits these kinds of sins? Absolutely not. You cannot fault this man. But sadly, guess who did find fault with him? Guess who found fault with him? You may say uh, the LGBT community, backslidden churches. Sure, they found fault with him, but who was a loud voice of, of, of making sure he voiced his fault with this man. Brian Houston, the pastor of Hillsong Church. Nothing short of absolute cowardice. Listen to what Brian Houston, the pastor of Hillsong Church, writes in his own words to a news outlet. Listen to what he writes about this controversy. And listen to the title here. A message to Fu to Fo Lau. Fo Lau. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. The world doesn't need more judgmental Christians. Dear God, my friends, what in the world does this pastor think Christians are supposed to do if not preach the word? There was no sense of highfalutin judgment coming from this man. You can tell that he's talking from a place of love and concern, and yet Brian Houston makes the judgment to say that we don't need more judgmental Christians like this. So Brian Houston judges this man and says, we don't need people like him. Dear God, have mercy. Well, what kind of people are we supposed to have? Well, let's read through this article right here. Yes, as Christians, it's equally important to look at ourselves and our own failings and imperfections. If you look at the list of sins, these sins right down here, come on, if you look at these list of sins that is he listed, there's not too many people he's left out, including Christians. There isn't a person on earth who hasn't told a lie or put something before God, idolatry. So what he's trying to do now is equal the playing ground going, really, is he? we're all sinners, and we shouldn't go around telling sinners they're going to hell because we're in actuality all sinners, including us as Christians. Dear God, where is the power of the gospel in this? Now he goes, while sin is a real issue, the God I know and seek to follow is a God of love. Now we know God is a God of love, but I'm just wondering, does Brian Houston's God send anybody to hell? Because nowhere in this does he really describe who's going to hell. He mentions, and we'll just get to it, we'll get to it in just a little bit, that heaven and hell are real, but nowhere here does he tell the real list of heaven and hell. Re remember that our brother here, he read the passage, or he quoted rather, the passage of Galatians that tells us According to Paul, who shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Why doesn't Brian Houston take the same time as a pastor? This is a rugby player putting up more scripture than a pastor. Why doesn't Brian Houston take the time and show us how we were supposed to look at a list of those who go to hell? Because if there's really a hell, as Brian Houston says there is, aren't we supposed to know who's going there? And aren't we supposed to warn them? My friends, if we don't warn them, we're going to be held guilty for their blood. Let's keep going. 
He goes, and as Christians, we would do well to follow the example of the founder of our faith. Oh, you're talking about Jesus who talked more about hell than any other prophet in the entire Bible? You're talking about him who talked more about hell than he did about heaven? I believe there is a heaven and a hell. Okay, that's good. You're not full-blown heretic yet, okay? But if you study scripture, you won't read about Jesus screaming to people that they are all going to hell. In fact, Jesus, John the Baptist, and the Apostle Paul all kept their harshest criticism for those who were religious and judgmental. Hold on, slam on the brakes right here just for a minute, because I don't think Brian Houston has really read the Bible. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, have you been reading the Bible? Houston, have you read what John the Baptist did? Now, this idea that they come up, they come with that, it's really only towards the religious people. It's really only towards the religious. That is such a bunch of baloney. Look at John the Baptist since he mentioned him, okay? John the Baptist, Matthew chapter 3, verse 5 says, People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. These were not just Jews. These were even Gentiles. These were people like Cornelius, who we'll hear later on about in the book of Acts, who were God-fearers. These people were drawn to the preaching of, of repentance that, uh, that John the Baptist was preaching. Now, yes, does he rebuke the, the Pharisees? Yes. But my friends, who are the real Pharisees here? Let's just talk about that for a minute. Who the real Pharisees are in this case are the people like Brian Houston, these false religious leaders that don't take a stand against sin. So if he wants to use that category of uh, John the Baptist and Jesus only really corrected uh, the false religious leaders of their day, well, guess what? That's you. That's, that's what you need. That's what the American church needs. But watch this right here. He says, you broad of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Do you think that the only people, literally, that John the Baptist was going to say that to were going to be the people of uh, Judaism? No. He also said that same kind of teaching, he said that same kind of teaching to soldiers and others who came out to be with them, Gentiles. So I want to get that up to you. John the Baptist preaching. Good to see everybody here today. Because I want us to to get away from this mamby-pamby gospel that has no authority. Yes, I'm glad that some of you guys are joining here with me today. Houston, we do have a problem. Let's go back here. Uh, let's go back here to Luke, and let's see the passage again, and then we'll go back to some of the things here that Brian Houston is saying. What a bunch of baloney that we can't stand up and have the same authority that these men of God did. Now look at John the Baptist here when he's preaching in uh, the book of Luke. It says here in Luke chapter 3, verse 12, even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they said, what should we do? Don't collect any more money than you are required to. Then some soldiers asked him, what should we do? He replied, don't exhort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. What is my point here? Weren't the tax collectors the very ones the Jewish leaders didn't want Jesus going to? He said, you know, he's eating with sinners as he went to Matthew's house in Matthew chapter 9. So these would be kind of like those... Uh, 
uh, those sinners that Brian Houston is trying to protect from the real preaching of repentance because they're not the religious Pharisees. Here they're catching a licking with the religious Pharisees. So it's not either or. It's not just do we either rebuke the religious Pharisees or don't rebuke, uh, don't rebuke the, the tax collectors. It's both and. We rebuke the religious Pharisees and we rebuke the tax collectors and we rebuke uh, the police officer Joe, police officer Bob, the ordinary people. We we rebuke them all, Brian Houston. Wake up, sir. Wake up to the truth of the gospel. You're really showing us at this point that you don't have in, in your heart the things of God. And I say that sadly because I've given, I have given these guys so many opportunities. But just like when uh, the, 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 Gal the um, Guardians of the Galaxy star Chris Pratt put out a post and uh, then it was condemned by the star from Juno about how Hillsong is homophobic, and then Brian used to put out the most milk-toast statement to, to not even give a stance on homosexuality. And then uh, now this, this is showing us, my friends, not that we don't love them, not that we don't pray for them, but this is 100% cowardice. How in the world do you not stand up with this dude? This guy is preaching the gospel. Let this just blow your mind for a minute. Let, just come on, look at me real quick. Look at me. How is it that this rugby player is putting $4 million on the line because they're going to fire him? I guess they already have. Now he's going to take it to court. He put $4 million on the line to be able to post this right here. And yet we have a pastor that does not have enough spiritual cojones to lay the gospel on the line. Come on, somebody. Do you get it today? The church is backslidden because these leaders are backslidden. So he doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't know John the Baptist. Uh, Jesus said that unless ye, uh, you, you too repent, you will perish. When he was talking about innocent people that died in a tower falling, Jesus talked about, uh, you know, Herod was a fox. He called names. Jesus was very clear to a Seraphonician woman. He called her a dog that those nations were wicked. And if she wanted a miracle, she would have to humble herself. That's why she said uh, even the dogs get the crumbs because God was judging those nations. And if they wanted to come into the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they had to humble themselves. Jesus himself said, don't give to uh, give what is precious and pearls to swine and dogs. Jesus was clear that he was not only against the religious sins of his day, but he was against the pagan sins of his day. Houston, we have a problem. Have these men been wearing their pants so tight that they've lost their spiritual cojones? That's a question for another show. Let me keep going. Thank you for those of you who are joining in to the new format here of what we're doing. So now here, uh, Brian Houston says, In 40 years of telling people about the good news of Jesus, I have seen that the turn or burn approach to proclaiming the message of Christianity alienates people, scarring people, doesn't draw, scaring people doesn't draw them into the love of Jesus. Can I go to another scripture? Is it okay if we read the Bible? What is he talking about? That somehow the turn or burn message is not impactful. Well, I guess Jesus was just the worst preacher ever then. What in the world was Jesus doing, folks? Because look at Jesus and how he brings up the turn or burn, uh, uh, you know, ultimatum of serving the Father. Let me give you an example right here. When he talks about murder and being angry, what does he say here? Red letters. He says, again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. 
This is from the Sermon on the Mount, known as one of Jesus' nicest messages that the world can all accept this Jesus right here. He is telling people that if you sin in your anger, you are in danger of the fire of hell. My friend, Brian Houston has the problem. Not this brother here. Not Izzy. Now, I want to let you know, I may not agree with everything he believes as a Christian, but I cannot deny his Christianity based on this post or deny that he's preaching a biblical sound gospel. This is a message of warning towards sinners. Let's go through a few more here and see how uh, Jesus used the ultimatum of turn or burn. Let's go to lust because here is adulterers on the list down here. Look at what Jesus said. And if you're, uh, let's go up just a few more. Uh, verse 29. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. One more time, folks, we're talking about Brian Houston having a problem. Houston, we have a problem. These guys in the Hillsong movement don't know the gospel anymore. Here you have, let me just paint this picture even more clear. Here you have the rugby player being willing to lay down $4 million to preach the gospel. And you've got cowards in New York like Carl Lentz, cowards like Brian Houston in Australia, cowards like People's Church here in Chicago who, who works with these guys who came from that Bible college, cowards like these other ones, like, uh, you know, the churches that come from them. And they can't say sin is sin, remove people out of leadership who are in their sin, talk real talk from the Bible, and, and they now want to try to teach these people what they think is right. They want to preach Niceanity instead of Christianity. And so you may say, Pastor, who are you to judge these people? Who are you to judge them? Well, first of all, let me say this. Don't start no stuff, won't be no stuff. Don't you start messing around and putting this garbage out there and calling it Christianity and we will leave you alone as discerning on fire Christians. Number two, how dare you write against this brother? How dare you, sir? I challenge anyone in the Hillsong movement, any Hillsong graduate, anyone that wants to defend this nonsense, you come onto this podcast, onto this show, and see if you can defend your pastor, your leader, according to the Word of God. This is an abomination to God. This is disgraceful. Now, let me just continue on. Let me just continue on. Let's say here, his, his heart of the issue. The world, let me, oh gosh, I don't even want to read it effeminate because then, you know, I just, it would make me more mad, okay? But I want to mock it in some way because, you know, I can lie to it with these false prophets. I want to mock this nonsense. The world doesn't need more judgmental Christians in the eyes of many, the church is not relevant to their lives and is seen to be stuck in the past. What are you talking about? Literally, what are you talking about? The world needs to see men on fire again, like John Wesley, Charles Finney. The world needs to see men and women preaching the gospel like how Steve Hill did, how others have preached in our past, like Leonard Ravenhill. Dear God, we need people that preach the judgments of God. 
Let me just show you scripture because obviously he has no scripture here to back up anything he says. As a matter of fact, in the entire article, I don't think there's one reference to scripture. There is not one reference to scripture. The one post that this man put up had more scripture than a pastor's post. Dear God, does this not show you the trouble that we're in in our nation? Okay, so let me just show you a scripture. Let me put some Bible on it. Can I, can I put some Bible on this? You tell me what we need more of in the world. What do we need more of in the world? Well, when Paul wrote to Timothy, look at what he told him. Look at what he told him right here. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and onward. Do we need more people like this brother right here? Or do we need more people like Brian Houston being the Nicianity police? Let's see what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and onward, what we need more of. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great Patience and careful instruction. Did not this brother do all four in one? He corrects. He rebukes. He encourages. He offers the patience of our God that our God is love and gracious. Look at what it says. For the time will come, verse 3, when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. It is a myth. What Brian Houston is talking about here is a myth. Let me give you a myth. Let me, you guys want to see myth, what mythological teachings look like in the church? Here is an example of a myth. This man's God, as he describes him, Brian Houston's God, is a mythological God. My God would never do that. It's because your God doesn't exist. Your God hangs out with the tooth fairy and Santa Claus at the North Pole. Your God has Buddy the Elf as a helper in his workshop. Your God, if your God is not judging and having an actual punishment for hell and the wrath of God does not exist because it's for that reason that Jesus Christ came to subside and to fulfill the wrath of God. If there's no wrath that was coming upon us, then why the cross? And if hell wasn't real, why did Jesus talk about it so much in a turn or burn fashion? Get rid of anger or you're going to hell. Get rid of adultery or you're going to hell. Now listen to this man's mythological church, the mythological church he lives in. Because the Bible says people will turn aside to myths, and they won't listen to people like this, preaching, correcting, encouraging. It's an encouraging thing to be told to repent of your sins. What if you had a $50,000 debt, and I encourage you to, to come to me, and I would pay it off. All you had to do was say you were sorry for incurring that debt or something. Wouldn't that be good news to you? Repentance is good news to the sinner. That's why Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. There's something better for people than what's on this list down here. Praise God. 
And Ezekiel chapter 3, by the way, says, if we don't warn these people, the blood of their souls will be upon our hands. We are commanded to warn them. And so, Brian Houston, my, my friend, I pray you start warning people or the blood of these precious people who look up to you as a pastor, those in the, the city you, you work in and around the nations, those people's blood will be on your hands. And all these other pastors that work with you that have that same lukewarm spirit. Listen to the mythological church here of Brian Houston. But this is not the church. I, I can't even do the voice. This is not the church I know. Well, it must not be the body of Christ then because the church I know is exactly like what this man is preaching. And I'll show you in just a moment. But this is not the church I know. The church is a group of diverse and imperfect people who have all been captivated and adopted into the same story with Jesus at the center. The central storyline of our faith is a story of love and redemption, a story of forgiveness and acceptance, a story of undeserved grace and unreserved mercy. I have been the grateful recipient of all these truths, and so has, uh, let's say, Lizzie, Court, and anyone else who has personally experienced the love of Christ. Boy, that sounds like that that would be the church, right? I mean, Jesus forgives, he brings us all in. My friend, but is that all the church is? Is all the church just a place where sinners come to meet and receive grace and don't then have transformation? Where is transformation mentioned in this man's uh, description of the church? Where is the one who was once a homosexual that is no longer the homosexual? Where is the person like me who used to be many of these things on the list down here, but now is no more? That is not the church. The church does say, come one, come all, come as you are. But it also says, Jesus will change you into who he is. Come and repent and be saved and changed. Look at Paul, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Can you tell him fired up? Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? So clear, wrongdoers, like the ones on the list, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, he's got it on his list, nor the idolaters, he should have, oh, he does have it on his list, nor adulterers, it's on his list, nor men who have sex with men, it's on his list, nor thieves, that's on his list. Nor the greedy, should be on the list. We could add one more there to it. Nor slanderers, put that one on the list. Now notice this. Or swindlers, put that one on the list. We'll inherit the kingdom of God. That's thus says the Lord according to Paul in the New Testament. But now notice this. Is the church a place where a bunch of imperfect people come and just get sloppy, agape, greasy grace to keep sinning and living however they are because they use the excuse, we're not perfect? No, it says, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, hallelujah. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. That means you were changed. You are not those things anymore. And then notice, just a passage above this, what does the Bible say to do with those who claim to be in Christ, but do not live according to the teachings of Christ? They are to be judged and removed from the church to show that the church is not a place for imperfect people to live imperfect lives and, and say that's Christianity and get away with it. Even if we do sin, we are to repent and not continue in it and show that we have a true heart after God. Look at what Paul said. 
I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Notice Paul calling people in the world those things, not just the religious folks that Brian Houston says uh, that should only be rebuked. But once again, you know who are the real religious folks that catch the licking, my friend? It is Brian Houston. He needs to be called the whitewash too. He and his followers need to be called all of the snakes and viper languages of Jesus because they are the ones who persecute the John the Baptists. They are the ones who persecute the preaching of Jesus and want to do things for money, power, and influence to be seen. So it says, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave the world. In other words, we are to be like Jesus, meeting with sinners, preaching the gospel. But then look what he says, verse 11. But now I am writing you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or slanderer, a drunkard or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. What business is it of mine? To judge those outside the church? That means we can't be ruling judges of people's morality in the world because we have no authority over them. But in the church, we have authority over people who claim to be Christians and are not living like it. The elders and deacons have actual authority in the church. Not over my neighbor, not over here. That's why we do believe in the separation of church and state. Not because we don't believe we can't bring the church into the state, but that the state can't choose the church and then enact those laws upon everybody in the state. That's the reason why we believe in the separation. So our local governing body, our independent church, has our standards of morality according to how we see it in the Bible. We believe everyone should work out their own salvation with fear and trembling under a good leadership structure of elders and deacons. So Paul is saying inside the church, are you not to judge those inside God will judge those outside. Let God deal with sinners on Judgment Day. But right now, you boys, expel the wicked person from among you. Could it be any more clear that Houston, we have a problem? Those of you who are joining with me in the new format, thank you for checking in today. If this has been a blessing to you, just know that I am doing my best to try to get this information out. So share if you care. If there's any questions, let me know as I look over some of the comments right now. There is nothing in my heart to bring false judgment to Brian Houston or Hillsong. I walk with the fear of the Lord because I do not want to be considered someone that has a plank in my eye trying to get a speck out of somebody's eye. But at the same time, I do believe I'm a defender of the truth. I do believe it's my job to be a watchman as Ezekiel was. And I can tell you according to the scripture, with all my hands being clean in a, in a pure heart and a clear conscience, that we are in the last days. There is deception. And friends, you need to be careful. And so if you go to any one of these churches or you have supported these people, you need to start letting them know you don't accept this from their leader. You don't agree with this. You need to start having conversations with people you know that are influenced by them or wanting to go to their conferences because this is a real thing to warn about. This is not just minor issues where we just kind of all see it differently. This pastor literally went out of his way to write an article against a brother in Christ who was strictly preaching out of the verses of the Bible, to then give his make-believe mythological version of Christianity a God that doesn't judge and a church that doesn't transform or change people's lives. My friends, we 
should do better. And now we know better. May this be our testimony. May it be what we're known for in this generation, that we are the John the Baptists. We are like Christ in this world, preaching grace and truth together. And we will see revival, genuine revival, genuine souls being saved and disciples being made. Amen. Thank you for those who joined. I don't see any questions. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a wonderful day.